Welcome to the Talent Brand Podcast by Talent Brand Alliance. My name is Will Staney. I'm the CEO at Proactive Talent and co-founder of the Talent Brand Alliance with my fellow co-founder. Hey there, this is Brian, Director of Employer Brand at Indeed and co-founder of the Talent Brand Alliance. Now, the Talent Brand Alliance is a community for recruitment marketing and employer branding professionals who want to connect with and learn from their peers both online and offline. We're here to talk and learn about all things recruitment marketing, talent brand building, and talent brand technology with the employee experience storytellers that do this every day. You ready? Let's go. All right, we're back with the Talent Brand Podcast. I I can't tell you how much I enjoy speaking to this fellow talent brander. you know, Will, please help me welcome Ryan Finnegan. Ryan, welcome. Welcome, Ryan. Thank you. Really excited to be here and spend some time with you guys. I love yeah. hanging out. You know, we love, we love talking shop, but I think the first time we ever got to talk shop was in New York City, if I remember correctly. It was uh, when we did a, a pilot for the New York City chapter. We had a panel discussion and sat down and talked about a whole bunch of things, talent, talent brand, and that's, it was in that moment uh, when I knew that uh, we had to get you on the podcast. So, so happy that you're here. I remember that that evening too, that snowstorm. What It feels like a lifetime ago, doesn't it? It does. It, that was so random. I remember being like the snowstorm actually hit while it, during that afternoon. And then everybody just started going, oh, not, not going. I got to leave. I got to go home. And all these other things just started happening. It literally, like I, I remember I actually shot video of the snow falling and it all just poured down and that's so so new york city and it was gorgeous but that also meant we had a very intimate group of people who were brave uh to get out in the weather and join us for that conversation but yeah really good meeting you for the first time and knew that knew that we had to have you back um let me how how did you originally get into the talent brand space like where who who are you and where do you work and what do you do yeah i was gonna (laughs) i was gonna try to transition it for us be like so ryan those who weren't stuck in a snowstorm with you uh yeah tell us about you (laughs) um wow so where do i even begin i started doing employer brand work probably what year was that 2014 at the time i was at pandora as a concert producer um so i focused on the b2c um consumer events and really focused on connecting bands brands and fans and creating these really unique experiences um and activations that would uh, give folks a really memorable evening and connecting with one of their favorite artists so that was a team i was on um i loved working at pandora honestly like that company had a lightning in a uh, bottle culture unfortunately they're not you know the same as they were at one point they're bought by series xm which is a different culture and you know i will not speak to if one is better or worse but i really loved working at pandora at that time and um yeah, uh, my boss, Marta Riggins, who is coincidentally my current boss now, which I'll, I'll get to, but she led the consumer events team. So we would do things like South by Southwest and all that. She had a kid, um, couldn't be on the road as much, moved over to start the talent brand and events team as it was known at the time. Um, I came over because I was just like, you need someone to run events for recruiting. Like no one knows about Pandora. Like no one knows we're in Oakland. No one knows how cool of a company we are. No one knows we're like a thousand people. Um, everyone just thinks we're a small music tech startup in San Francisco. Um, and it was a really unique culture at the time. And not a lot of companies were in Oakland. Um, so moved over to join her team and 
been doing talent branding ever since. Um, had a brief stint at Squarespace in New York for about a year and a half, which is when you and I met Brian. Yeah. And now I'm currently at Instacart working on all things uh, employer branding and recruitment marketing. What a time to be working on a talent brand at such a company. Really, you know, interesting times all around going from a convenience brand to more of like a, you know, a necessary uh, and needed brand at this time with the pandemic, you know, how has that adjustment been? You know, it's, I can't say that it was one that was expected, um, but it's one that, uh, and you know, it's not necessarily the great, the greatest reasons for growth, you know, like we, growth is great growth because of a a global pandemic is, is not exactly, um, you know, the, uh, the greatest reason in the world to be experiencing that growth, but it's been really um, awesome to see the company uh, move into position like we have, like in terms of um, how much work everyone's doing and how much um, of a responsibility everyone feels to um, making sure that our product is available, not just for you know people to get the groceries they need, but also for people who have been furloughed, for anyone who's not working to earn fast, flexible, earnings immediately um, by joining the platform. So it's been wild. I mean, you want to grow quickly, but growing what you expect to grow in five years and five weeks is just like, um, it's a lot to have to build and a lot to have to build quickly. So the resiliency of the team and everyone working and just like the sense of responsibility during this time is, is huge. And um, yeah, this feels very proud to, I feel very proud to work at Instacart right now. Did you um, see that? Did the mission kind of change or did it become even that much more amplified? Will you ask that question again in one second so I can move my kittens out of this room because they just woke up from a nap and they're digging into some plants and knocking around some balls. And uh, I'm just no, going to put them outside the store real quick. <laughs> yeah. Right. Heard your kittens. This is, this is Cheddar Biscuit. Hey, who is Cheddar about 12 weeks old. He's, he's a little Bart Simpson. Um, and then this is... Apple, so she's tiny. The brother and sister, but oh. they're going. They're going outside the store right now. We just adopted two brothers, and oh. we get them. We get them in a week. <laughs> I know, and I got that same exact little kitten setup, little castle thing as well. It's great. They love it. Yeah, oh, um, I figured it's the greatest COVID cure. You know, just like just have some kittens in the house. It, everything will be better. <laughs> and, and siblings are the best too, because they uh, keep each other company. Yeah. They have like a special bond, right? Yeah. yeah. No. That's awesome. All right. Sorry. Okay. Back in. So cool. You know, you know, with that, that transition and the transition of the team, did you see people, people really rally around the mission? Did the mission change a little bit or did it just get amplified and it was that much more important? Yeah, you know, what was really interesting was our, our mission statement was changing at the end of last year. We changed at the end of last year and like some cosmic connection that we have uh, or some, some cosmic um, uh, putting of things together. Um, it's really the right mission for us to have at this time. I mean, it's an incredible mission and Instacart has an incredible opportunity um, to really move forward with this in, in the world, which is the, the mission is to create a world to have the creative world where everyone has access to the food they love and more time to enjoy it together. And that's like, 
the right mission for us right now. You know, we have a big focus on food insecurity as well um, in our social impact programs and working with Feeding America. And, you know, right now, I think it's a really interesting opportunity for us to step into that space more. And um, yeah, it's, it's exciting. Um, and we, and again, it's like this feeling of a responsibility that we have as a company to show up right now. Yeah. I mean, you know, doing some employer brand work in a similar space, um, you know, and it, it does seem like um, these gig application companies are really falling in this place of, of rising up to the pandemic, rising up to a, like a lot of trends that are just right now changing work in America and throughout the globe, really. And, you know, how do you, you're seeing some of these other apps, you know, uh, Uber, Lyft, and others that are really trying to battle against employment laws, right? And, and, and some of them are even talking about like, we need to create another, like a second category of employment. If you think about like how companies are, you know, our employment laws haven't changed since the, the second world war, right? Like, do you see that weaves into employer brand? Cause I feel sometimes like I'm almost anti-employer branding. Like it, you know, on one side of that marketplace, you know, I'm trying to talk about corporate positions on another side of that marketplace. I'm trying to say, you know, we're, we're a platform to help you do your gig work, not an employer. Like how do you weave and worry about all of the sensitivities of this while it's also trying to brand people to come either drive or work for the company? So we have a pretty big comms team. So I sit on, I sit on the comms team and, and my focus for employer branding is focused on our full-time employees and corporate employees cool. and employees um, in the field. So we also have the sort of middle, middle ground of um, almost like a retail model of area managers, site managers, um, general managers, operations managers in the field. Uh, but those are our corporate employees as well, as well as a lot of our care team agents down in Atlanta. Um, I don't focus as much on the shopper experience because that is a different, that is a different type of experience um, yeah. and a different benefits that you get. It's a different EVP um, for someone who wants to be an independent contractor and join the platform and have fast and flexible earnings. Um, luckily being on the comms team is the perfect position for my role at Instacart. You know, I've sat in HR before I've sat in recruiting before being in comms is critical because I sit right next to shopper communications. Um, and I sit right next to uh, internal communications and I sit right next to, um, uh, corporate communications and I sit right next to retailer comms. Um, and so being embedded in that way is really important it's really important for us because we have to be in the know. You know, Instacart has this four-sided marketplace that serves customers, it serves shoppers, it serves retailers, and it serves our advertisers, you know? And so any decision that we make impacts the other piece of it. Um, you know, we're, like, we're this marketplace that connects all of those different, all of those different functions and you need them. Um, you need each side of that marketplace. So yeah, um, for me, like I kind of focus on, on, on my lane with it and that experience. Um, well, there's another team that focuses on the shopper experience cause it's too much for one person. And those oh, are yeah. they're very like different. It's just, it's a very different, uh, job. It's a very different thing that someone wants to sign up for. So, um, we have experts that focus on each of those different categories. Well, for, for, for me, like when we talk about this, there are multiple EVPs, right? So when you even called it out, like, how do you, do that and you're focused on corporate do you have other members of your team as they're thinking about what is the what is the the delivery driver evp and how does how is that communicated um like how do you how do you, like what's the size of the team 
our comms team is 15 people. Um, and the shopper communications team is, has got a, a couple of folks on that side. And so they, again, focus on uh, working with the shopper operations team. Um, and then they work on what that EVP is um, for, for that side of the house. Because again, it's like just a, such a different experience. And so I don't focus on that too much. Um, I make sure that the tone that we're using, like Instacart's tone and like our, our voice as a company is is consistent and there's threads that, that weave through. Um, but yeah, like how we talk about working in an office, not that I'm working in an office right now anyways, or how we talk about the work that we're doing um, as a company in terms of like building this platform and sustaining this platform and the responsibility of building this platform and joining our table and like working together. Um, you know, that's just a different message than someone the reason why someone joins instacart to be a shopper is very different than the reason why someone wants to spend you know their career uh eight you know eight at least eight hours a day working um in an office you know one has benefits in in some ways and one has benefits in the other and they're uh different to meet the needs of the candidate at the time very cool so you so you sit within comms right and 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 support the corporate recruiting function. Like what are some of the, you know, what are some of the projects you're working on right now on the corporate side that is just really exciting to you? A couple of different things um, that I have in the works right now. So one of them is taking our uh, business narrative and what's the best way to frame this? So, Silicon Valley has seen some failed IPOs in the last year. And there's some skepticism from candidates when there are these companies that have big valuations. Um, Instacart, you know, can easily be lumped into that category on the surface, but we are a very different company in terms of our positioning, in terms of our, how we're embedded within the brick and mortar grocery business that, that already exists and that industry that's been around for over a hundred years. We're not, we're not in the same situation as, as a lot of the gig companies or a lot of the IPOs like WeWork, et cetera, um, that went to go, but they didn't actually have a, a solid structure. And so something I'm working on now is giving the business story of like, okay, here's Instacart. Here's the opportunity. You know, it's a $1 trillion opportunity in the U.S. It's a $5.7 trillion opportunity in the global space. You know, we already are, uh, have partnerships with 60% of the market that's available to us once you take out Amazon and Whole Foods because we'll never have access to that. But we're working with, you know, 60% of these retailers already for the offline market that's available to us. We're moving into position. Like these retailers have to partner with Instacart. Instacart has to survive for these retailers to survive. We're helping them go online like it's sort of like how instacart is playing into this position and then also what are the products that we're working on for the foresight of marketplace what is our current valuation what does that mean like what is our gtv so gross transactional value like how does that relate to our contribution margin like how much we make on every order and so basically going into like the nitty-gritty and so i'm working with our recruiting team um and doing a pitch competition so i finished the the deck and the script and we're doing a holding a pitch competition where everyone competes with each other to get the best. And we have a panel of executives that are gonna be judging. Um, and then they get, you know, superlatives for most creative, like audience favorite, and then there'll be a winner. But um, basically rolling this out and also rolling it out within Lessonly, um, which is our learning and development tool, just to make sure that recruiters know the pitch and know it well. So 
how I like to view recruitment marketing is very much how you would run sales marketing. So it's like we need to arm the recruiters with the right messaging and the right collateral to help them make the sale, to help them close the candidate. Um, and so recruit, recruitment marketing is very focused on that for me. And it's also focused on um, lead generation, uh, which is very similar to sales marketing too. So that's a big project I'm working on. Um, another big project we're working on is implementing Textio um, into Instacart. So um, that's a big rollout in terms of how we write our job descriptions and then not just our job descriptions, but um, you know, other forms of communication, internal comms. How are we working with Textio to make sure that, that our language and the way that we're speaking um, isn't particularly gendered, isn't like aggressive in any way, isn't um, using too many corporate cliches. And so uh, a nice way to make sure our job descriptions are, are consistent and, um, you know, helping us to attract the right talent. So those are, um, those are a couple big projects. Um, LinkedIn is always a big one for me. Um, I'm constantly on there, different social series that we have running right now. Oh, how can I forget? It's Pride Month. I'm one of our LGBTQ leaders at Instacart. And so running all of our Pride programming, um, with the rest of the, uh, the leadership team for Pride. And so we have like a meditation this week. We're doing a lot with our black employees right now. Um, so we have a meditation uh, on Juneteenth happening for our black employees and our LGBTQ employees. We're rolling out swag across all of Instacart, um, which is a big one. We're doing some learning and development. Um, we have a course this week about um, financial literacy that can help folks right now. Um, there's a lot, there's a lot happening. We're doing um, a master class with RuPaul. Uh, so that's coming up. So a that's lot, awesome. a lot of busy things happening, you, but again, like the, the working with the ERGs in that way really um, helps us tell the employer brand story. Cause that is our employer brand. So I'm curious, um, given all the things that you're working on, do you actually sleep? <laughs> uh, you know, I could use a little more, but um, you know, it feels it feels worth it at this time. You know, I think the world is going through a major transformation, and it feels really mm -hmm. worth being able to. A lot of the work that our team does is internal comms too, and so being able to focus on, um, you know, our employees of color, our Black and Indigenous people of color that work for Instacart, and then also our LGBTQ employees. It's like sort of work on top of my normal work, but mm -hmm. it, it feels uh, regenerative. Um, and it fills my cup. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. And it's something that we're working on too when we think about, um, we have, we have uh, uh, voices of inclusion or identity months uh, that go across our resource groups. And it was funny just to have this conversation where the, diff the two different groups, so you've got um, uh, BIG, which is a, a black inclusion group uh, for us, and then you've got iPride. And so you've got these, and so it's, it's Pride Month, right? And so you've got, them both saying, no, nope, give it to the other group. Like they're like, they're, that's the way that they're connected and thinking about all these things, which makes you feel really good. And you're like, okay, it's, we're all in this together. And like that. And so you start sharing what we've already, we've always shared stories, but, but yeah, those are the things that make the hairs on the back of my neck stand up. Right. Those, like those, that kind of sharing and giving and, and, and really uncovering those stories. My question for you though, because you're, you're coming to this from a lot of different angles is you've worked in HR, you've worked in marketing, you're now sitting in, in the comms team, which, which team do you prefer? Oh, don't ask me that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's like picking a favorite kid. Not that I have kids, but I guess picking a favorite kitten. Um, yeah. Picking a favorite kitten. Like there's not, there's like, you're like, I love them both. <laughs> you know, what's, what's interesting is they all have benefits and they all have, um, 
like areas, uh, challenging areas to work through, I'll say. Um, and I think you need to have strong relationships no matter what the organ or no matter what, um, where you sit doing employer branding and recruitment marketing work. Like you have to have those, those connective bridges. Um, I think I've sat in the right place for where each company I've been working for is at. I'll say so like it makes sense that I'm in comms at Instacart mm -hmm. at Squarespace. It made sense that I was in recruiting at the time um, at Pandora. It made sense that I was in HR. So I think um, it really depends on the org. If I had to pick a favorite, it's being, Oh, do I want to say this being in HR, like being under, but, but not in like the operational side of it. If, if you think about HR is like sort of the operational side of HR, like the back end, um, like the people operations, all that, all that kind of stuff, paperwork. Um, and then if you think about it as terms of like talent, talent development, talent attraction, yeah. I think employer branding does best when it's there in an elevated role within HR um, on the, on the talent side, if it's affecting like, talent experience generally. So from um, the attraction to the onboarding to the learning and development to um, the alumni groups and the employee experience within that. So I think that honestly is the best place I've seen it live. Um, but it can be successful. Like at Instacart, it makes total sense that I'm in comms and I'm really grateful to be in comms just because of the complexity of the business. Yeah. Um, it makes yeah. a lot of sense to me. I feel like, you know, in some businesses, it really does squarely fit in HR. It really depends on I think too, like how HR is positioned. Like it sounds like the stuff that you're working on is it, it bleeds into supporting the recruiting team, but it's also really business focused. Like, mm -hmm. you know, that these initiatives are embedded, not just in the need to hire talent, but the, the overall business success and strategy. And some companies just aren't there yet. I have found, right. They're just not, you're there in, in their maturity model. And so some of the stuff that you're working on right now, I bet some, listening to this podcast are like, gosh, we're not there yet where we're thinking at that degree, but, but you will be I yep. mean, like once, once you get there and, and there's, I think a lot that people are just gleaning from you and others that have come on this podcast to talk about how you're really aligning the employer brand strategy into the recruiting strategy, into the HR strategy, which is embedded into the business strategy and that it all is integrated. And I feel like some people still feel they're stuck in first gear and, mm. they're, and they're doing some of the, just the tactical stuff and they're not yet to the strategy. So this really helps, I think, paint a picture for those of, of what it looks like once you start to get more embedded uh, as, a, as a true business function. Yeah. And, and I'll say too, like you don't, you have to have the flexibility to be able to pull the levers and like, okay, like we're hiring all these people now. So we're going to like dial up the recruitment marketing campaigns or, okay, we're not hiring as much, but like we're moving into a new country. And so like, we need to tell that story. Oh, COVID's happening. We have to be a PSA right now about like how we're, you know, a safe, how like our safety measures that we're having as a company, because people are still ordering groceries and we need to use these channels for that. And it's just, and then how do we build that on the back end? And like, how are we taking these big external stories that are happening and talking about the products and the people that are building it? And so I think employer brand is really successful when it does span all of those different, um, you know, organizations within the company. Because otherwise, like if you're, I think where I see it be the most challenging is if you're just in recruiting and only doing recruiting, recruitment marketing, and then suddenly recruiting dries up, there's like, and you don't have those relationships and you're not embedded in any other part of the organization, it's going to be really hard to make the case that like you need to continue doing employer branding if you're not 
if you don't already have those relationships solidified across the org. Oh, I completely agree. Cause it's sort of, you don't always need the hard manpower to get the hiring pushed to go if you're not hiring that much. Right. But you always need to be talking about who you are from a value standpoint, from a culture standpoint, like you may be hiring again in the future and it's that brand equity you build and the connections you make now that make that more efficient and, and easier to do and higher quality talent is a result. Right. So that's a, that's a really, really, really smart way of, of, of putting it. Well, that's, that's also like, okay, I know at some point I'm going to have to move. And I think back to like college days, maybe if you went to college, um, I, I need to move and I, I have this really large sectional. And by the way, I live on the third floor and I'm going to call these people and I'm going to ask them, my, my friends, right? I'm going to ask my friends to come help me move this huge thing. And they're like, dude, the last time you called me was a year ago when your, when your lease was up. Like, how do, you, how do you continue to maintain those relationships, right? So it's, it's having those relationships and, and feeding that fire between the times that you need them. So when you think about, oh, I'm not hiring right now. Well, guess what? People still care about, care about your relationships. They still care how you're treating your employees. They still care about, are they engaged? You know, it's mm. not only about what do you, what do you need from me now? Right. Which I, which I kind of feel like is that balance between the short and the long term between employer branding and the more tactical recruitment marketing stuff. Yeah. Especially at a time like COVID where you notice how everybody really switched to the here and now. Well, that was out of, you know, a couple of things like one, like that, that's really all candidates care about right now is how are you adjusting to this thing? And then two, it's, it's truly a time to prove your values and your mission in, in action. Right. And so we have to be able to shift. If you're not thinking, you know, if you're just sort of pushing an editorial calendar just for hiring, you're not thinking about how it affects the consumer brand. It's completely tone deaf right now. Right. And we saw a couple examples of that in the last couple of months. Right. I'm curious, Ryan, I, I know you're about to jump in there. Um, so please l- let me, let me let you speak. If you had, if you wanted to share something about that. Oh no, I was just going to say like, yeah, absolutely. It's um, you have to tread really, you have to like just be very conscious of like what's happening in the world. Every time you're posting to your employer brand channels, because it can't be like the world's on fire and you're like, check this out our person, in-office perk, you know, right, check out this in-office perk or like, we're doing <laughs> like mimosas today. You know, it's like, you can't, like, <laughs> well, mimosas, you know, it's like, you can't like be like blasting that while like the world's on fire outside, you know? Yeah, that's, so I, that's like the perfect example of, of something like, not only are you like, or this was, this was like, this was totally eight weeks ago when we had mimosas, but nobody's in the office anymore. And all these things are, it's like, we're taking away every single reason you had to post that, but guess what? It was in your ed cow. So, so, so it went out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Whereas in 2010, when we were, we were posting about beer bashes at VMware, that was like really new, like, oh my gosh, like they're talking about beer at work. What? Yeah. It's a (laughs) totally different world now. Yeah. So, so speaking of how much a year 2020 has been, what, what's something that you've learned? What's been a big learning for you um, with everything that's going on? A big learning for me is, I think, um, one, um, boundaries around work. Um, has been really important. So even working from home, um, like finding what is my ritual when I start the day? What is my ritual when I end the day? Um, 
and not just like bleeding into work until 10 o'clock at night because I'm in the same space, you know, and I think having a dedicated workspace is really important. Um, and I think for me, it's taking time away from screens. Like I have that luxury. If I can take time away from screens, that's really helpful for me. So, um, meditation has been a big practice for, for me, um, making sure I get outside, um, and like uh, move my body is really important. Um, and I think too, like I've been do I've been having a lot of work calls that don't end up talking about work. Um, and we're just like checking in, talking, talking about life. Um, seeing how we are, like how are our hearts, how are our souls, like what, what's going on, like how are we taking care of ourselves? And I think that's really important, you know, for me in the LGBTQ community and also like checking in, um, you know, with our, with our black employees, with my um, black friends and like with, with folks in, in these communities that are really suffering right now, but also everyone is, is suffering right now. Like every, this, like, there's a lot of grief. There's a lot of change. There's a lot of um, fear. There's a lot of unknowns right now. And so I think for me right now, it's, it's almost more important sometimes to put the work hat aside and check in with the people in my life. Um, you know, it's a balance of both, but I make sure that I'm also dedicating time when I'm on my work calls, when I am talking to coworkers or people that partners outside of work, um, to really just, uh, yeah, just to check in and be human. I think that's really important right now. I think it's a great tip for a lot of people who might be struggling with that. I know that was really hard for me for those hard transitions, especially the, the work separation part as it's going as a small business owner, it was hard to pull away and really had to take some time off. And, and I think what you're hitting there is just focusing on employee mental health at this time. You know, I think there's a lot of these companies that had really great in office cultures that had some of those things. Right. And, and now they're all sort of isolated at home. And while there's a lot of productivity that comes to work from home, there's a lot of, you know, uh, of, of, of loss of your normal routine. And that is quite an adjustment that everyone's going through. So that's wonderful, wonderful advice for those listening here that to check in with your team, check in with yourself, you know, uh, and get some fresh air. Yeah. Remember everybody is human first. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yep. And I think too, it's like, it can be, you know, you start to take out things like meeting in person. Um, and like the, the more senses you remove, the harder it is to actually like, um, to read the subtle cues sometimes. And so I like things can sometimes get misread over Slack. They can get misread over email. They can get misread, you know, if you're on a call, but not on zoom, like I think when you can zoom, zoom is the best. Um, even though it's kind of weird, it's like, you watching you watching you it's like it's a zoom can also be a weird experience but yeah. i think like the more the more like ways that you're able to connect like in uh, in terms of your senses like the it's easy to misconstrue what someone says so i think also just going into it with like assuming best intent when you can like as much as possible um and i also like there's a lot of power in the pause um i i practice pausing a lot and that's something that meditation gives me in my day to day it's like when i feel like worked up about something or like that had a weird tone, you know, I just pause and I just don't react. And so I wait till I can respond if, if that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and, and, you know, I've been doing something recently, which is just reaching out to other leaders in the space. And I did sort of a campaign where I, I reached out to just a hundred TA leaders, employer brand leaders, heads of HR last week, and just go, Hey, it's really hard to forecast what's going on right now. Um, if you want to just commiserate with another human, just to check in and see like 
how things are affecting. I'll share what I'm thinking, what I'm seeing, just a total, just human outreach. I'm not trying to sell my consulting services. I'm not trying to sell, sell summit tickets, just let's talk. And I was very surprised that it was like 20% of them book time. And every day that I've had those calls, I've felt like they were better days than the others because there was really good connection. And you know what? Some opportunities did come out of those discussions, but I just think, you know, I, I think there's a lot of habits and things that I've developed out of necessity during this time that I will be taking with me mm. once we're through this, that will are just ingrained in me now. Uh, and I think that's awesome. And, and, and I've, and I've been inspired by people and, and, and I think that's a great segue into our next question, which is like, who is someone or what is a company in the space? It could be a team, a person, uh, could be unrelated to EB, who is really inspiring you right now or in your career uh, that you would want to share with others? Yeah, um, you know, I, I give this answer a lot, but there's a, the, the reason I came to work at Instacart, not just because it was a great opportunity, but was to come work with my boss, Marta Riggins, again. And she was my boss when I was over at Pandora um, and just gets this work. And she and I, uh, build really well together. We work really well together. She uh, is able to connect the dots on so many things and, and advocate for this work and the importance of this work. Um, weaving in social impact, weaving in the community, embedding ourselves in the community, um, and just working with her. Like that's, I learned boundaries working with Marta because she's really good about that herself. Um, and as a leader, that's really inspiring to look up to. She's also an incredible advocate and ally for. Um, the LGBTQ community, for the Black Indigenous people of color community, for any community, um, for mental health, uh, for, you know, I just feel so supported by her. Like she helped me, you know, I changed my name earlier this year and I'm on my own sort of journey around my identity. And she's been there the whole time, every step of the way, like the best mentor, advocate, ally um, I could ever ask for. So that's her. Um, and then in terms of companies, I think like this is related to EB like a hundred percent, but also just company wise, like Patagonia, like North star, like North star company. Like I, um, admire them so much. I admire what they do for their employees so much. And, um, I think, I think their way of running their business um, and their focus on sustainability, things like no-till agriculture um, is just uh, like they, they are in the business of, of saving the planet. You know, I think that's actually their mission statement, but they're, they're, in, they're incredible. Um, and ambitious. I think that, yeah. yeah and, 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 ambitious. Is there a specific, like a specific, a specific campaign or something you saw that others could look up that, that kind of started that for you? I think, well, I, Patagonia has always been a, on my radar. Um, uh, I can't remember the, the founder's name, but um, uh, Let Them Go Surfing. Um, uh, the, the founder wrote, wrote a book about they let their employees go surfing, you know, they're down in Ventura. Um, and I think, uh, so that's sort of like when it got on my radar. But then I saw Dean Carter, who's their CHRO, or their head of people speak at LinkedIn Talent Connect was it last year? Um, and just hearing about how they value like families, how they prioritize childcare, um, you know, how they, you know, will encourage their employees to go protest and be a part of, of changing the world and will bail them out of jail if they need to, um, you know, just what they do in terms of the environment um, and how how their employees walk that talk also. Um, 
in terms of, of how they're standing up for, for the roof. You know, they're not going to have a company if they're not going to have any outdoors for people to buy gear to go to. Um, if, if the earth isn't doing well and just like a lot of their practices around that are really, are really cool. And I, I, I love their approach to the intergenerational workplace um, and like creating a sustained work environment for generations. And so um, if you, you can look up his talk, I believe from LinkedIn Talent Connect last year, it's a hundred percent worth watching. Like anything Dean Carter does is awesome. I'll check that out. It's awesome. Cool. So what I'm hearing is if Patagonia wanted to hire you, they needed to first hire Marta. Just want to <laughs> a package deal. <laughs> awesome. Well, yeah, you, you follow good people, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. So there's this thing coming up in a few weeks. It's this little summit and can't believe that we're going to, we get to have you talk about um, all the things that you do and the things that you know about and are passionate about, um, but really just encourage everybody else to have the discussion about it. Um, can you share a little, like just a little sneak peek of what your discussion is going to be about at Summit? Yeah, yeah. So a little bit about what we talked about on this podcast, um, really focused on the multiple EVP personalities. So um, for me, I think it's always interesting to hear how other people, how other companies um, are scaling their employee value proposition not just team by team, you know, regional office by regional office, but also function by function, country by country, you know, as the, um, as the company grows and scales, you know, there's such different considerations and nuances for each, each evolution um, that your company takes. And how are you um, maintaining or adjusting that EVP um, based on the market you're in or based on the team that you're working with? Like if you have a like a support center in Texas versus, um, you know, an engineering hub in Toronto, the things you talk about are going to be a little bit different. And similarly, like if you have a different type of workforce, if you have a retail workforce um, that's in, you know, a brick and mortar Starbucks store um, versus who you are at headquarters, um, you know, I think the EVP necessarily needs to shift. Um, but what are the threads that carry through and like, where do you find that malleability? Yeah. Like where's, where's your center of gravity and how do you pivot from there? Right. Cause it can't be two complete two or more completely different stories, completely different EVPs. But I feel mm -hmm. like there's, if I feel like it is like center of gravity, like you have to figure out here's where we are. And then we see this from all these different perspectives. I love that way of phrasing it, that center of gravity. Yeah. And exactly. And like, where do you pivot, you know, uh, to or from that? Uh, it's going to be a really interesting discussion. What, you know, what, it, what, what are you excited about when it comes to sort of just the format and summit itself? Uh, you know, I know we've all been to kind of tr traditional conferences or even online events, right? This is an experiential workshop. You know, what, what, what excites you about this format and speaking in this format? A couple things. One, I don't have all the answers. Um, and so I am excited to learn and to bring back what I learned from facilitating the session um, back to my company and like within my, within my toolkit. Um, and I'm excited, I'm excited to do that, not just with my session, but every other session that I would participate in. So um, a really incredible opportunity with that and just uh, a way to like level up um, uh, my, my employer branding and recruitment marketing. So I'm really excited for that. Um, and I'm excited that it's all employer brand professionals and that it's a it's a you have to apply to actually come and so for me that's exciting because i've i love going to conferences where i get asked a lot of questions about from from recruiters who are just like my company is not investing in this like i'm trying to like get this off the ground like can you give me some starter tips 
always happy to do that, but I'm really excited to actually be participating with other employer brand practitioners who are in this space right now and learning from them. Um, and the third piece, like I love that it's not, um, and correct me if I'm wrong on this, but it's not recorded. There's not going to be report outs or anything. It's just for the people who are in this room. And so we have a lot more agency to um, say exactly what we think, what we're struggling with, what we need to workshop. Um, and it's not just like what's going to sound good when this is played back later. Exactly. exactly yeah. We, so, so there are, now there are scribes, there are people taking notes, but for the benefit of everybody who's in the digital room, right? <laughs> so most people are, they're, they're thinking about 18 different things on a good day when you have them. And so it's like, okay, how am I thinking about this meeting that's coming up? Or I'm thinking about the fact that I have, I've got to go to the grocery store if I'm not going to order Instacart later. Um, I've got to figure out, am I like, what are the, all the other things competing for my attention and how do I, like you said, you're going to take this back to your team, like things that you learn. How am I doing that? Am I, am I taking notes? Am I, how am I staying engaged? So we actually have people who are taking notes. So yes, in answer, yes, yes, we do have people taking, taking some notes, but for, therefore everybody who's there going through the, having those conversations so that, to, so that you actually have that as a resource, you know, two, three, five weeks later. Yeah. And this is by design, right? Cause we, we really want people to have deeper level conversations with folks. And it, I think if you're, if you're sitting there with a pad and pen or your computer and you're trying to take feverish notes, it's really hard to do that. And I think you really learn in those more interactive in the moment conversations. And so I think it just, it further lets people sort of relax and knowing that, you know, there's someone there that's got your back and is kind of get, capturing the salient points that you can go back and remember that one thing that someone at said company, you know, did, but yeah, like Brian said, it, it stays within the community. We really want it to be a safe space. You can talk about vendors, challenges that you're having. And, and let's be honest, there's, there's going to be competitors in there. One year we had all the airlines all <laughs> in one group together, just sharing. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. That was, they actually were just like, we have to get a picture of all of us together yeah. at this event. Um, and so it was, it was this interesting dichotomy of we, we're, we're, we're a little bit nervous because we don't want to share everything, but we want to share, like we want to be open share that we are not perfect. We don't, we're not an expert and we don't know everything. And then at the same time, it's like, Hey, we tried this. It didn't work. This is what we learned from it. Um, and mm -hmm. that's kind of the, the, the crux of the, the this, point of, of having those conversations. Yeah. There's camaraderie within profession rather than competitiveness within the industry, right? Like we're all going to may the best company win the talent, but it, we're all trying to figure out how to win the talent. And so uh, there, there isn't anything that, that is, but positivity that comes from sharing some tactics and, and, and opening up some playbooks. Yeah, I love that. And that's not something I love about this space too. And the employer branding, employee experience, employee engagement, recruitment, marketing sort of world is um, if we all do better and if we all learn more, like the, all of the workplaces will get better, you know? And so it's like the rising tide lifts all boats. And it's kind of like, if we're all, in this together and focus on changing the workplace for the better, um, then that's going to be only good for everyone in the ecosystem. Yeah. At the end of the day, it comes down to like your, each company is unique in the fact of the people that it hires and who they have there in their, in their perspective communities at that time. And that, especially in tech, right? We've all been in tech for, for quite some time. People move around and that's a normal occurrence, but you know, it, it's, it's, it's really about the, the skill set and who you need then and, and the culture. And I think if companies are focusing on their employees and they're focusing on attracting the, those right type of employees that are going to be there, the right people end up at the right companies that way. And we all, we all win.
Yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, I, I can't tell you how excited I am to experience the, the virtual summit, um, to learn from you, Ryan, and, and just to, to really see everybody get engaged, um, and do it, um, do it in a, in a completely different way. Um, summit July 7th through the 9th. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a fun couple of days and, uh, we have some surprises coming, uh, for all attendees as well. So that includes you, you're an attendee, Ryan. So you're going to get a, a, a lovely package of summit supplies, uh, ahead of the event. Hopefully everybody who's listening can join us. Um, obviously learn, uh, more about the event, but thank you so much for sharing, Ryan. Um, I think, yeah, uh, everybody's going to have a, a really good time and learn uh, a ton. And, um, we hope you have a great rest of your day with your cats, uh, your amazing little kittens, uh, that you've, that you've just adopted. So, uh, amazing. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Thank you both so much for having me on here. And it's always a pleasure to talk to you both and I'm happy to talk shop anytime. Awesome. We will take you, you up on that. See you soon. All right. Bye guys.